When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the latest episode of the Right in the Gary Kelly's podcast. So it was just over two weeks ago when Robbie Keane, oh, oh, I mean Luke Ayling's late winner at the Molyneux, sent the Leeds fans into pandemonium and left us all wanting it a bit more. And despite the clock shedding an hour off the time, it still seemed like an age before Leeds were back at it with a home fixture against Southampton on Saturday. That means we needed little motivation in getting ourselves back behind the mics to discuss all things Super Leeds. And joining me today is Matt Beadle and James Beck. So, are we refreshed after a two-week break, guys, or a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit, a bit struggling after that game? Just, just about recovered from Wolves, I think, and then, and then, to, <laughs> then to go back, back again yesterday. Well, you had a few physical injuries, didn't you, Matt? Or in, in maybe carried out a few physical injuries on others, I don't know. Uh, yeah, ended up with a... I don't know, my nose still hurts, so I'm a bit sceptical as to whether it's... Uh, whether something's some uh, chipped away up there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I, had a bit, I think I had a bus lift and then my coat ripped, so... It were good limbs. Good limbs. Good limbs. Nine out of ten limbs. Yeah. <laughs> bit more chill for you, James? A little bit. I had a good cry after. <laughs> I was just uh, emotionally drained after that, mate. Honestly, yeah. Uh, I was uh, I was watching it from home, and uh, I'd fill on as well. And my stream was a bit behind. And when Luke Allen scored, I just dropped to the floor. Like I, I, the emotion just t- overtook me, and yeah, there was tears, mate. What's so many limbs in this room, like? But there was a few tears. But yeah, and. Uh, I managed to not break my nose or rip my coat, so it's, uh, it's all good. But yeah, I was just buzzing, mate. Absolutely buzzing. Yeah. Well, I was actually I was in Lisbon that weekend, so I had to find a bar, random bar in in Portugal. Obviously, go in and there's you know obviously Leeds fans in there, and honestly, at half time the bar was pretty dead. Actually, it was just about four Leeds fans and some Portuguese guys, you know, watching some Portuguese football, and those Leeds fans were just slumped on tables with the pints just been going this is terrible isn't it this is awful and like my last was sitting there and it's like shall we go then I was like give us 10 minutes so let's see how the second half pads out I'm not leaving yet thank god I didn't anyway um but yeah we should probably get started with the here and now shouldn't we so Southampton at home uh, definitely a fixture that a lot of us had down as one that we could get three points from 
Um, in the end, it was only one as James Ward-Prowse's excellent free kick cancelled out Jack Harrison's opener in the first half. Uh, there were plenty of chances, weren't there, for both teams. It was a bit of an end-to-end -end game. Uh, probably lacked a little bit of quality um, in the final third. So I don't know about you guys, despite Jesse Marsh and Ralph Hasenhutl thinking they deserved to win the game, I probably felt point was about right. What do we reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Before the game... I think I'd have took a point. Uh, the feeling I got from the game, it was a bit of a basketball game, a bit end-to-end. -end. But like you said, the quality in the final third weren't telling and the teams just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. But I think it's, like, it's a point closer to where we need to be. And uh, we looked solid again at the back. We've got Cooper back, obviously. And I saw a few of his stats and he's looking back to his, I say his best. He's not been at it all season, has he? But he looked solid again, so... We look good. It was just that again that final third and putting the ball in the back of the net. We need to start punishing teams a bit more. But yeah, if if you'd got for me a point at the start of the game, I'd have, I'd have snapped my hand off at that. I think. Yeah, I think um, I think I think the um, you like Taylor two halves really, wasn't it? Like I think although they had that big chance from Adams, didn't they? That six yard out, which you'd mm -hmm. expect him to tuck away every every day at week, other than other than uh, Melee and Dallas sort of coming to the rescue. But other than other than that, I thought like his first half we were sort of all over him, and then um, they sort of flicked mm. a switch in that second half, didn't they? And um, mm. and others, but we had we had a little spell. I thought where um, we, we, towards end of second half where we, you just thought that we might nick this, and then they sort of just killed the entire game and just switched it. But I'm saying as uh, as James, I thought I, I'd probably taken a point against him. I know that they'd, they'd lost the last four games, haven't they? But before that, they were the informed basically the informed team in the in the league weren't there but sort of reset after an international break you sort of never know what you're really going to get from some of the teams especially when the um especially when they don't have that many players probably go on international duty um probably pretty similar to us where we even like Rafinha didn't get get to go did it to Brazil and stuff so you never never really know what you're going to get after a two-week re uh reset and uh, well then again I think they might have had three week off did they or did they play the in that, uh, when we played Wolves, but yeah, after two weeks off, you never know what you're going to get, and um, I think especially after results today and uh, yes, on yesterday, we've we've gained a point on everyone, haven't we? So that's all you can ask for, really. Yeah, I didn't really want the international yeah. break to be honest. After the last two results, I know it was it was good in the aspect of players going back with fitness and stuff like that. But Phillips came on, didn't he? I know Cooper's back now, but we had momentum. We had a bit of momentum, and I think. The international break. I know, like you said, we don't have many players go away, but it's just stunned us a bit. But yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with the point. Uh, like you said, Mesley's save against uh, Adams was unbelievable as well. Uh, with with Warprouse's free kick, there is I've seen a few Leeds fans moan about his positioning and that, but Warprouse is it's different gravy at free kicks, isn't he? He's going to break that record of Beckham's, I think, as well. So, but mm. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think um, everyone had a bit of a collective groan when that free kick was awarded, weren't they? It's funny, I watched... Um, the, obviously, when I was there, I, went, I turned around to other man and said, bloody hell, you can't put, pick up a ball and put it in a better spot for a free kick, this. And um, obviously, it was almost like a penalty had been given, hadn't they? The, the way that everyone groaned and stuff. And I think you could kind of just see it coming. And um, I think looking back, because it looked like Mesley had got a hand on it, I was thinking, oh, he was there. He could have saved it, actually. But yeah. you can't describe how hard it is to save them because you don't see it till really late. And obviously the whip and the power that he gets on it, you know, it's, it's he did well to get a hand on it, actually. You know, and that's um, probably, probably did himself a disservice there in the end. <laughs> By now people think he should have saved it. But I think the disappointing thing for me um, was probably just how we about lost control around that free kick, didn't we? You know, obviously goals mm. at the start of the half are really, you know, your team talk goes out the window, don't they, when something happens like that. And I think it probably took us about 20 minutes to get back into that game, didn't it? Um, Southampton had a couple of big chances for Brod Brozier, hit it wide when he was about five, six yards out. And I think um, I was saying to you, James, actually off air, and um, he said, that is a time under Bielsa, I guess, where we did have that weak underbelly where sometimes if a team scored, they could well go up the other end and score two or three in that time. And I think that is a small positive that we actually rode out that bad period without conceding and stayed in the game. And then, like Matt just said a minute ago, we 
we were a better team going into the last 15, 20 minutes, I think, and could have nicked it. But yeah, I think uh, we just we probably just lost control after that free kick, didn't we? I agree, yeah. With Leeds as well, obviously the last few games under Bielsa, it was like panic stations when we conceded, and you felt when we concede, we concede two or three straight after. Yeah. Ed's, they'd be all over the place, wouldn't they? And like you said, uh, with that, with Southampton scoring, it, you could feel any minute they're probably going to score again. So we needed Phillips to come on and try and balance the play and do what he does, what he, well, do what he does and control Leeds' play. And yeah, obviously he came on and we seemed to get a grip back of the game, but just like you said, we couldn't score. The, with the whole um, conceding and having, not having a weak underbelly, I think it helps having Cooper on the pitch just on the fact that me and my mate have picked up so like against like Man United when we conceded that really goal before half time when Bruno uh, scored that header there were like no one yeah. there were no one there to bollock anyone to say like either your is in the wrong or whoever's whoever's not right no one seemed to sort of step up and sort of give everyone else sort of a bit of a rollicking and I think that sort of helps like that free kick I think like we um, everyone can point the finger at your goalkeeper, but it's the fact that I always think stuff like that, it's like, oh, well, how easy would it have been just for us to sort of clear his lines? And we just made an absolute mess of it before that free kick mm-hmm. were given. And like you were saying, like the worst possible position to give a free kick taker yeah. award, Prowse's calibre. Exactly. <laughs> like we could have fouled Cal Walker Peters about six times before it yeah. got to that, couldn't they? Then they fouled him in the worst area. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what, that's that's where that's where they'll um, be most annoyed about it. It's because they'll, they'll all know that the mm-hmm. South Hampton had the, like the best free kick taker in the league, which we ready, ready and waiting yeah. to have an opportunity like that. Um, so they'll be, they'll be, they'll be. I think that's the bit that they'll be more annoyed about. And um, one of the things that really um, were a bit annoying when Melier in first half, even though we were one 0 up, everyone wanting him to play. Everyone wanted him to play hundred mile an hour, which I, you sort of. Yeah. Um, and that was when Southampton had a little bit of a grip sort of just before half time and you're just thinking like to sort of calm it down a bit and I think everyone's too used to football being played at like 150 mile an hour aren't they end to end but yeah. number of times you've seen teams come to Ellen Road and sort of just kill a game when we've been on top of a game and then mm. they have like a 5-10 minute spell I just think um, I don't know just think like people just find, want to find someone to sort of point the finger at rather than just being like well it was sort of a fair point in the end really it's not really yeah. anyone to blame I think you said Matt like it's almost like they want to play FIFA football don't they yeah. you know they just want to throw it out really quickly and this guy will just sprint past him and <laughs> you know it's not as easy as that and I think yeah I didn't really get the groans and stuff from Ellie because obviously you know Rafinha would be running over the top but he'd have, to, he'd have like two or three players on him and yeah he could roll it out um, there was a, uh, probably only once where I thought he could have given it to Harrison a little bit quicker but a lot of the time the players aren't moving wide for him until you know Southampton are back in shape anyway so you know it's there's no point and there's no point just hoofing it up to give it back to him so yeah I didn't really get that either to be honest the free kick um, that Ward Prowse was given uh, were they trying to bring him down before that were there any effort of trying to bring him down or was it just <laughs> against him? well if they were they didn't do a good job I think I don't know about you, Matt, but we're watching Carl, Carl Walker-Peters in the second half and he was doing that about five times. Like, he was, you're just, like, dancing through people. I was thinking, bloody hell, he's not messy. Just get someone on him. And, like, he, he, we went past Ailing a few times. But, yeah, it would almost look like they, tried, they tackled him, but, you know, it took a little bobble, it was still there. And then Ailing just eventually just, like, you know, lent into him a bit. But, yeah, it happened a few times, to be honest. Like, I think... That is the only issue, I guess, with, you know, when you have Rafinha on the wing, because, you know, he did, you know, he let Carl Walker-Peters go a lot of the time. And I'm not saying it was all, he didn't track back or anything he did, but, you know, he's not naturally defensive in that way. And it just meant that, you know, say like Forshaw or Click was having to go over and deal with it. And I think, um, you know, that meant that they did have a lot of space on their wing backs a lot of the time. So, and, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, Matt, but I didn't think Ailing and Dallas got forward. No, I think um, to be yesterday. To I was be thinking... fair, I thought that was like quite testament to them. Like, I think they pinned them back more than mm. possibly us wanting to go forward because yeah. I thought they were pretty neat. At, um, like they'd build an attack on one side and then they'd switch it over to because Livermento and what Cal Walker mm. Peters were basically their main outlet. I thought all game, and they, but they did it quite well, and I think yeah. that was probably. 
not necessarily on Harrison's side too much because we know um not saying Rafinha's not a hard worker because we've said before that he um that he, he mm. is but um I think they'd sussed out aren't they, that um it would basically sort of like double up on Rafinha and then sort of sort of exploit that gap that he was sort of leaving and I think they did it quite well. It was like um yeah. they'd obviously something that they'd worked on. Um, and like number of times Kyle Walker Peters would just have like mm. thirty yard of space in that second half down that left hand side were mental. Yeah. It's like it, it, I think it's more stuff like know. that. It's like obviously they might not have necessarily coached for it, but someone surely on that pitch must have cottoned on to what they were what they were doing at some point in that game. It's just sort of just little leadership things, things like that. That sort of let us down a bit this season. That is sort of there's only so much that a coach mm. can do, can't they? You've got to sort of like a game unfolds as it <laughs> as it goes along in ninety minutes, doesn't it? Not it's not going to go uh, pitch perfect all the time. Yeah. Mm. See, so I think um, just looking from the outside in, you think um, Brendan Rodgers quite a good coach for changing things in game, isn't he? I remember a couple of times when they've Leicester have played us. I think last season mainly, you know, where we started really well, he switched up, maybe gone to a front, back to a back four and just completely changed it and taken over the game with us. And I think, you know, that is, um, I guess, the where your manager's meant to earn the crust, aren't they, I guess? And I'm not saying we, it's like Matt said, we didn't really, it was never like they were overloading us in terms of it was complete domination. But, you know, when, like you say, when they got the ball, they were pinning us in through lo- and overloading in the wide areas of it, it was just that quality going forward, which was our issue as well, really. You know, there was a few times I remember Gellart got in the box, didn't he? A couple of times Rafinha did where just that final ball, but not having that striker in um, in that position. Because, again, obviously we started with Dan James up front, um, which, again, didn't really work, did it? Um, I mean, there was in the first half, I think Dan James was running at the centre-backs and he had Rafinha with him. He didn't really do anything, did he? He just ran in a straight line until he got tackled. He didn't shoot, he didn't pass. And I guess that is where you need that vocal point up front and that that we've been missing for probably, what, 70% of the season, haven't we? Bamford, yeah, we've, we've, we've missed yeah. him terribly. Like I said uh, the other week, uh, love Dan James, love his effort and the effort he puts in. He's running, his he, finishing's questionable, uh, but he does put a lot of effort in, but he's, he's not a striker, is he? And uh, it's square, yeah. square peg round holes. But adaptation uh, of the game, of the managers as well, and how the managers adapt to how the, the game's thrown and that. With that Rafinha, Aston Hootle will have picked up on that, won't they? He knows that Rafinha's a, a top, top player, so they've doubled up on him. And obviously leaving mm. a man over for Walker-Peters, an England international now, he's always gonna, if he's got a free run at us as well, he's going to run at us as well, isn't he? He's a quick little lad, yeah. so... That probably, well, yeah, it wasn't very good on our part, but yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's adaptation to the game, and I thought I, I think Jesse will pick up to that, but Bielsa didn't used to do that really much. Did he? he was very stubborn in his ways, Bielsa. As much as we loved him, he just continued to play attacking, attacking, attacking. But yeah, uh, well, he wouldn't have believed that our fullbacks could get pinned in. He'd be like, pin your fullbacks in, pin theirs in, and he wouldn't have like. Well, he, Probably wouldn't have happened, would it? In terms, um... <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it. I think potentially that sort of some of the bits of Dan James is where you were. Um, it probably does sort of show like Gellart should probably have a start soon. Like from like, uh, yeah. has he started a game yet? I can't re- remember if he has or not. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he's mm. he, he's. Knocking, well, he has been knocking on the door ever since like November time, hasn't he? But I think now more than ever, like you know, Bamford's out till end of season. I just think um, Marsh is probably the sort of sort of he's used him a lot, so you don't get why he wouldn't yeah. start him, especially as he's like the um, it depends what you're classing Rodrigo as, but I guess Gellart is our only sort of bit striker if you sort of use if they're using Rodrigo mm. in sort of a pocket role which he has been doing quite well and in the last sort of couple of games so you do mm. you do think like that you think surely got to start him on um on Saturday right mm. you've got no to lose really and this is this is the thing with that pocket role like you say you know um that Rodrigo's playing that he's playing well he'll play it so much better if he has a striker making it because at the minute he doesn't have a striker does he you know he's got um, Dan James will running, but again, he's dropped. If you see, he drops deep, drops a bit wide. You know, they're not natural strikers. Um, 
which Gallant is. And, you know, I'd have no hesitation in starting him next game. I think he's earned his chance. You know, he's got a good chance of doing something against Watford as well. Um, I think it's worth doing. I don't even think it's a gamble anymore. Um, like you say, Matt, we haven't got a... You know, Bamford's maybe out for the season now. You know, he's proved that he can score goals at this level. I think, you know, give him... Don't have to be 90 minutes, 70, 80 minutes or something and, you know, see what he can do up there. Because yeah, every time he comes on, he causes trouble. It doesn't matter how big the play, the defender is that he plays against. He'll win some headers. He'll knock them down. I was going to say, know. he's quite he's, physical. Uh, quite physical for, for, well, he's not, I guess he's, yeah. he's not a little lad. It's not, it's not a height you probably, you probably say. Uh, no. Yeah, but he's like a, he, he's, yeah. he just, he, not, he gets his weight about like yesterday, uh, yesterday he did. And you're like thinking, mm. going up against uh, Bednarek, wasn't he? He was like six foot, whatever. It's like winning yeah. headers and stuff. Um, it's like that youthful exuberance saying it. It's like, I don't care how big you are, yeah, I'm yeah. going to nail you as well. <laughs> they won the header against uh, yeah, the Norwich yeah. game as well for the, yeah, for the yeah. winner. I think it was, it was against Gibson won. or Hanley. <laughs> they were both like big mm. lads, six foot, six foot odd. And he's won an header against them to flick it onto a theme, yeah. Uh, yeah. Geldo as well. I see he's more of a he's always he's an impact, isn't he? At the minute, he's not seen as mm. a as as a starter. And for me, he should be starting. He's, he's been brilliant. But mm. again, that's leading on to impact subs. I thought uh, Greenwood did brilliantly as well when he came on against Wolves. I thought uh, mm. I don't know if you can remember the, the, the Wolves game when Greenwood came on, but he uh, he did brilliantly. He helped the play up well and going up top. He was he seemed to be a bit of a focal point and. I've not seen much of Greenwood, but in that Wolves game, he really impressed me. If you can yeah, remember, we, um, we have got we have got strikers, haven't we? I guess the only problem is is that the the kids essentially aren't they? Like they're pretty raw. Even like even Gallat, yeah. number of times that he's had a um, that he's played, he's still a raw talent. Um, that you sort of got to sort of be careful about how many minutes. I guess he still still gets at a young age, but um, you. Mm. I just think that you've got to play a you've got to play a nine at nine, aren't you? Um, and yeah. I guess that sort of showed in that, like you were saying with James, when he sort of ran through when when he ran through at goal, he sort of had two defenders either side of him. It was almost like he had too much time to think about what he had to do, and just decided to do <laughs> decided yeah, to do nothing. <laughs> Whereas, it, like someone knows, yeah, it's just almost like a bit of head yeah. down and run, isn't it? And just hope it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Anyway, um. I think we've mentioned it. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Liam Cooper and Calvin Phillips, but it's great to see him putting the shirt on again after so long. Um, you know, in particular, I thought Cooper was very, very good, actually, to say for a long layoff and to play 90 minutes like that at that level, I thought it was a very good performance. Um, Calvin probably looked a little bit more rusty when he came on, but even, um, you know, I just remembered one switch that he did out to Ailing. And just thought we've missed that so much, you know, just that switch of play, that little range of passing. Because I thought Forshaw and Click had played had quite decent games in the middle, but they don't have that range of passing that can, you know, um, change the scope of the game for us. And I know we've we said that Southampton did that quite a bit, and it does help with your attacks. And um, they're just going to be such a huge boost for the running if we can keep them fit, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, it can. It changes the momentum of the game, Calvin. What the one diagonal pass, one forty-yard ball, and we're attacking that side of the field, moving players across, and it dictates the style of our style of play. Uh, I'm not going to mention his trainers. <laughs> Have you seen uh, <laughs> the Cor- yeah. the Cornish pasties? I don't know. What I've seen it. I've there. seen a few um, doctored image of him yeah, playing football with those trainers <laughs> and stuff. I mean, I, I I honestly thought they were photoshopped at first. I did. I thought, I did. oh, what's happened? Is he, is he wearing his missus boots or something? <laughs> no. I mean, it's great exposure for whoever made those boots, though. You have to say, they're getting some getting some good airtime, aren't they? They look like a tweenie, didn't they? Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> is anyone going to pick up a pair? Oh, imagine me wearing them. Big Cornish pasties, two ginsters on your feet. Oh, wow. Ginsters. <laughs> No, no, I think I'll do that on this, mate. I'll be giving them a mate. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, to be honest, he could probably rake a 40-yard pass in then, couldn't he? <laughs> um, the way it's all going. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it would be great if he could start on Saturday, wouldn't it? Um, even if I'd, I'd like to see him play for, you know, 60, 70 minutes, because then 
Um, you know, if we can get control of a game, get it and get it, you know, try and get these games won early as such, and then. But I get, I understand. You know, we have to build fitness. There's no point rushing back because look what happened to Bamford. You know, so um, you know it's big in terms of our season and getting them fit and firing. But um, for Liam Cooper, I think, um, and I think he made. Yorente looked better as well, actually. Look a bit more stable than he has done um, in the last, well, how many months now? Um, and like Matt said, you just need that leader to actually, you know, bollock people and, like, take responsibility. And I think Cooper did do that and has done it this season before he got injured, what people forget. You know, he was probably, he's been our best defender this mm. season, hasn't he? As much stick as he gets, he, he is our captain, he is the leader in that changing room. He's the vo- he's the voice, and we have missed him. Like you said, moving players, commanding players, the back four. Uh, we have missed that. I know we've obviously got Lorente in there and Aileen, obviously, but he's he's our captain. Uh, he he was the voice, and players do listen to him. And I know Jesse Martin's tried to implement different, like I say, captain figures in the changing room, bringing in new leaders like Dallas and Aileen Rodrigo, the older the older front, but. We have missed Cooper on the pitch, regardless of how many people give him stick, and we have we have missed him. And I really do like him. And now I've said all I've said all season that he's been our best defender this year by quite quite a margin. Um, and I think it sort of took people it took, sort of took him getting injured for quite a long time for people to realise it. And I think one of the better things was it actually mm. gave Stryker rest as well because I think he's sort of been off it for um, probably best part of two or three weeks now. Um, it sort of that'll just be able to give him sort of a bit of Take him just out of, out of the spotlight and um, a little bit because I think he has come under a bit of fire from um, a few people. And I think it's, yeah. um, I mean, against Wolves, he wasn't like horrendous, but um, I think sort of that first half, everyone were all over at shop, weren't they? And um, yesterday, he had a, he'll have had a good had a good rest in international break and then um, it's probably a bit out of the firing line a bit now, which which will probably help. And I think that'll help with, um, with like click as well. Um, like I think obviously mm-hmm. everyone uh, has been like I, th- I thought he was better yesterday, but I still don't think he's anywhere near the level that he's um, been with us uh, sort of over the last two or three years. And I think sort of uh, Phillips coming back will um, help him as well a bit, sort of take that pressure off. I know he's had a go. <laughs> I know he's told Bob to f- off on Twitter today, but <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just think, I just think like it's just stuff like that in it. I mean, he obviously. Um, it obviously gets to him, and he, he probably knows that he's not been at the level he should mm-hmm. be at. Um, you just need to set that pressure off people because obviously, like before, when we were like down to literally just a starting eleven, everyone's under the firing line, aren't they? There's no <laughs> there's no escaping it. But so I think it'll just help us more in the fact that everyone's sort of shoulders will probably get give it sort of drop a little bit and just sort of release a bit of tension in the in the squad. Absolutely, yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. with click as well. Mm-hmm. We've I know we had four shot coming back. We've had no Phillips, but with having players coming back and they can play similar positions to him, obviously it takes a bit of pressure off him. And if you're playing week in, week out, with injuries and that, you're going to get knackered, aren't you? You're gonna, your performance is not going to be as good week in, week out because you're fatigued, you're absolutely knackered. So with players coming back, obviously it's a massive boost for him. And I think Click's been brilliant. Uh, obviously he had that patch where he weren't so good, but you could just tell he would, he would just knackered, out of position and knackered, getting moved back and forward in the midfield. Uh, and it, it won't suit him, but the last few games he's been brilliant for me. He's, he's been good. And like you said, with, with the players coming back, he's obviously took the pressure off him. Yeah. Well, I've got, um, I've got a question for you both then. Um, so obviously, minus Bamford, you could probably put a case forward now that we have the majority of our first team players back or coming back in uh, contention. Um, so say, say everyone's available next week at Watford apart from Bamford. And obviously no Roberts either, but if um um in your opinion, what is the strongest eleven? Um if everyone's fit, say say Phillips can Phillips Cooper got ninety in them. Because obviously there's a few little things we spoke about, you know, who plays Dan James, do you play up front, do you start Harrison every game, who makes way for Phillips? Go on, uh, go on James, I'll ask for your thoughts. I never thought I'd have this predicament, having to choose players I know, to, yeah. be, to be picked. I mean, uh, there will probably be a couple of injuries this week, so it'll be completely null and void what we're saying, but why not dream? I'd go for, obviously, Meslier in that. Uh, I'd go for a 4-1-4-1. Four, one, four, one. 
like a Bielsa. Mm -hmm. I do like I do like Jesse Marsh's Mark Marsh's four two two two, but I go for mm. yeah four one. Actually, I haven't even had up, does it? My maths is absolutely <laughs> awful. Four one four one. That's yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, but an absolute murder, right? So don't doubt yourself, mate. <laughs> so left back. Oh, if fully fit, actually no, I'd I'd go for Dallas left back. Oh yeah, I've missed Furpo off that list as well, yeah. but um, I'd be surprised if anyone picks Furpo based on current form before. No, that, but... no, no. I did have a quite. Th I think about it because he is an out and out left back, but yeah. my God, we miss Alioski. Um, so I go Dallas left back. Meslier um, in net, Dallas left back. Uh, Cooper, and then Lorente. Uh, right back Ailing, holding Phillips uh, up top on his own. You say or Bamford if fully fit. Uh, in behind, oh the right wing Rafinha, just in behind uh, Rodrigo. On the left wing, this is a tough one. On the left wing, I'd go Harrison just over Dan James. And also mm. click in behind with Rodrigo. With them two switching. But click can move up and down just in front of Phillips. Bit confusing. Need to write it down. Even came with a bit of tactics. Yes. <laughs> I need I need a clip I need a uh, a whiteboard to show my The James Beck four one four one gig and press. I'll uh <laughs> I'll, I'll go very simple, and I actually think it's the starting eleven from uh, yesterday. But yeah. swap Harrison out for Gellart. Actually, I, I actually like Dan James quite a lot. I just think like mm. we've not seen him play on wing yet. Well, yeah. probably mm. bar yeah. couple of games, a couple of so games a bit. Is Matt Beadle not playing Calvin Phillips? Oh, sorry, yeah, Saturday, Phillips, then. and then Phillips, Phillips, <laughs> Phillips for click, and uh, Phillips for click, and then. Um, James for um, sorry, Gellar. You've got some balls, Gellar for Harrison. No, Phillips definitely <laughs> forgot about that one. Probably, <laughs> probably more meant the team that more or less finished the game, <laughs> apart from James. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just don't think we've seen. Um, I don't know. I feel like Harrison might be due a rest. I don't know what other people think, but I just don't think mm. we've seen James in. Um, I know if everyone says he's not on number nine, like I just think he deserves his chance of because I think he has been quite good and. Um, some people yeah. obviously still up for debate whether he was a good signing, but I, I, do, I do think that um, he's looking like quite a decent player. I just think he needs, I don't know, just maybe a bit of guidance sometimes. Because like like you were saying, when we were saying before about him when he was running through on goal, it's sort of sometimes a bit head down sort of thing. You just sort of, but he's mm. probably not necessarily in a position where there where he's um, used to. He's normally been like probably. I thought he was quite good when he played on the wing, I think, one of the times where he started getting the full-back backing up and you're like, oh, this is sort of a bit of a different player than what we thought we were getting, where it was sort of someone who he'd just knock it in behind and sort of hope that he sort of um, chases mm. it down. So, yeah, I'd like to see him sort of get his chance actually playing on left wing or right wing, whichever side you want to play him on. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. I'd probably give Dan James a go. I mean, I'm surprised to see that Harrison scored eight goals this season. He could easily get double figures, which... You have to say, however well you think Harrison's done this season, double figures is a good turning point. To be fair, if you, keep getting, if you get a free poke like you did the other day, like you did yesterday, yeah, then, then uh, you're going you're to lap that up, aren't you? Like, I, to be fair, you've got to I be know. there, aren't you? How many times yeah. have we not had anyone that's been there? That best goals, in a way. They are for us at the minute, aren't they? Like, we, like, if you, we'd, we'd, yeah. we'd have paid like about £30 million just for someone to be in a position like he was against Newcastle in the season, it'd have been completely those, different. Yeah, yeah, those sweaty, horrible goals. They still count the same, don't they? So, that's the end of part one. And coming up in part two, we'll be looking ahead at the Whites Premier League running and present another world-class Leeds-based guessing game. It's hard to believe that we only have seven more games to go now before the end of the season. 
uh, especially as at the time of recording, Everton and Burnley have 10 games left at the minute. So, despite their games in hand, I'd much rather to be in our position. Uh, points on the board can be invaluable at this stage of the season, especially with a lot of teams are pretty much lost, aren't they, this season? Um, below us, I think Norwich drew, but they really need to be winning now. Um, so, I know we've discussed it before, guys, but... What do we reckon? Two wins from these seven, and we're safe. I, I less. Think less. How many points do you think we need? So I, I think I've said less. win on Saturday, and I think you you're not home, but I think that you're more more or less <laughs> just because of the fact that it's against Watford, and obviously you'd be taking um, taking three points away from them, um, and they've still got like Burnley to play, haven't they? Um, Burnley have still got Everton and Watford to play. So, like, not all of them. And not that they'd all go and win um, 10 games on the bounce, but they all can't pick up maximum points as it is anyway. Like, not all the teams. Only yeah. probably, like, one or two of them will. Um, I just uh, Yeah, I just think 34, 30, I think 34, 33 is probably going to be about your number because I don't think anyone wants to win a game, I think, at the minute, especially below us. Like... Mm. Um, I've just got a funny feeling about. I think Watford have got a few home games, haven't they? I think against um, decent opposition. I mean, the, the, they'll be thinking like Saturday is a winnable game, probably. Like get the finally at home against the um, bottom six team. So they'll probably be rubbing their hands. Um, but we're out of all the teams down the bottom. I think we're the informed team, aren't we? So other than like, but I think Brentford are out of it now, like completely. They've especially with the result that they had yesterday. So. I'd say like another one, uh, another win or like a win and a uh, a point from what's how many games was it against seven? Like you, mm. uh, and with some of the fixtures that we've got, like you you'd like to think I think we've got Brighton, uh, Brighton uh, at home, and then you're playing Palace. Uh, Palace, yeah. Help me out, <laughs> Palace, Watford, and, and then there's someone um, else at uh, Brentford, but that's last game at season, isn't it? But. Brentford. You've got four games there to get four points out of those games, and I just think if you can't do that, then just you might as well back up and go home. But mm. yeah, and long long start, long answer, short answer. I think win on Saturday we're home. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think four points. I think, like you said, I think uh, Watford. I watched Watford against Liverpool on on Saturday morning and looked fairly good, to be fair. But the commentators yeah. kept saying uh, yeah. Watford are usually better away than they are at home, and we're playing them obviously at Vicarage Road, so. Hopefully we can snatch it and get the three points. And yeah, point. Uh, we've got City coming up as well, haven't we? Which is a, a write-off. We're expecting nothing from that. Uh, but yeah, I think. I th- yeah, win the next game. I think we're fine. I don't want. I don't. Because yeah. the, the them bottom three, the, the bottom three now, I think are useless. Everton are. Not, their running's absolutely awful. Oh, also useless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New, I think Newcastle could be dragged back in, back into it, but that Brentford result yesterday was unbelievable for them. But I was going to say um, about Chelsea, they're you're looking at that home game and you're thinking, oh, that'll be a write-off. But I don't actually think it's that much of like we already gave them a tough time at their place with like half a team out basically, yeah. and um, they have been they have dropped some clangers like yes like yesterday. That's an absolute stinker, that isn't it? Like losing four one at home to Brentford. Um, I just think that they are there for taking out sometimes, and if they go any further in the yeah. FA Cup and um, Champions League, like why they're obviously going to they're going to start focusing on them because I think the basically the top four is basically secured for them, isn't it? Um, like mm-hmm. they're going to be bound to sort of slip up, and our own form's been really good this season. Like I think people sort of forget that, and that's where I think Everton have sort of got. A little bit of balance in their favour that if they're going to stay up, that's going to it's going to be their own form that keeps them up against like they've got Leicester and Man United, who you'd say on paper probably are um, probably are tough fixtures, but they've got they've got to think in in this month now after Burnley, whatever happens on Thursday night, those two games at home for them are like huge because by the time they get round to even playing some of their games in hand, they they could be like well in it and well, and we could be yeah. we could be. Out of sight, and um, like for as far as that, we don't know. Burnley could go on a go on a run. I think they've got they've got Everton and Norwich next two games. Like they'll be, um, they've got to be thinking six points from their next two. Um, I just think everyone's just going to start tripping up over themselves, aren't they? And not start to try not pick up any points. But I wouldn't want to be if you if yeah. we were in Everton shoes. I think we'd be saying that we're down. Like, 
Mm. I just can't see him I mean, coming back from it. Let's, I mean, I know you discussed a couple of teams there, but let's kind of look at their point of view in a relegation battle because it's easy to become transfixed with your own side, ain't it, Matt? Like, especially what you said there. It's like, we, you know, we were saying we were down a couple of weeks ago, you know, about a month ago, weren't we? We were like, we're getting relegated. It's inevitable. Um, and you can kind of forget that other clubs have issues too. You know, like with Watford going through managers quicker than Massimo Cellino did and Everton are having a stinking season. Uh, Burnley are struggling to inspire a late escape that Dyche seems to pull out every season. Um, which of these clubs do you think are in most trouble? Or do you reckon anyone else might get dragged in? Because I did watch Newcastle today and they well, looked terrible I was going as well. To but, you know, again... You look at Newcastle and, um, like, obviously from their point of view, I don't think they will go down. Like, I think they've probably got enough to probably pick no. up a few points in the next sort of month to keep them safe. But were they thinking, like, we're in a relegation scrap and going, oh, yeah, Newcastle are over the hill and we're only a point behind them. I know they've got a game in hand, but, like, when you're thinking mm. of, like, different points... Yeah, when, you, when you're thinking of different <laughs> point of views and stuff, like, you get so... Um, you get so attached, obviously you do from your own point of view, you don't sort of look at other teams and think, oh, well, they could be shitting themselves over playing, like, um, like Everton and Burnley must be absolutely bricking that game on Wednesday night. Like, I couldn't, you could not imagine, like, especially Everton, like, I think Burnley are sort of in a position, I don't know, you don't want to tag them as little old Burnley, because obviously they've been, they have been a solid Premier League club for all this time, but without sound, sounding thing, like, Everton have got much more to lose, like, they've got I think they've got quite a lot. Of, um, uh, they've got a bit of debt, I think, haven't they? They've got a new stadium on the way. They don't want to be doing that in championship. Like they've, they've got quite a lot riding on this, I think. And like they'll be just desperate to get anything on Wednesday. Like just, um, but yeah, you, you you just don't know, do you? But yeah, everyone else is just shitting themselves as much as us. I I can see Burnley getting out of it, mate. Uh, they always seem to do it. They've got grit, haven't they? And they'll. They'll snatch a few one nils that you won't expect here and there, and like I said, with Everton's running, I think I, I think if Burnley beat Everton next, I think they they could have swapped round them too, easily, mm. easily. Mm. Uh, and like I said, with Newcastle as well, there was a there was a stage where I was thinking Newcastle uh, they're absolutely fine now. It's probably gonna be top half for them. They're absolutely flying, confident to them. But I watched them today, and at the back they look like us. In the last few games under Bielsa, it was a mess. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Burnley. I'm not ruling Burnley out at all. I think Norwich have gone. Uh, they've been gone since Christmas, probably, haven't they? Well, Watford, like we said, mm-hmm. probably going to go as well. Uh, yeah, I think Everton and Burnley could easily swap, and that'll be the three. I think we'll leave. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. I think what Watford season rides on Saturday, doesn't it? I think yeah. that's the yeah, um, absolutely, yeah, and. As much as we hate going, if we're classing it as London, you can get the tube there. So uh, <laughs> it's on it's, tube line. It's, it's London. London. <laughs> um, like they'll be, um, they'll be thinking that, that this is their season and it like on the line on Saturday. Um, mm. And I think we've sort of got a little bit of less pressure on us now, um, which could work in our favour. Um, like James says, Burnley. They always seem to pull something out of the bag, and you just think this next. I think I just think this next ten days is. I think that's gonna set it up. I think as to, I think the I think the picture will start to sort of come together as to who is genuinely in like deep shit. Because um, like we were saying, Burnley have got Everton and Norwich. If they get six points from that, all of a sudden they're on. Would they be on nearly thirty points? Won't the Everton and still. Um, and like we were saying, Everton could easily get to the end of this month and still be stuck on 25 points with three games to go, I think, or whatever they'll have left. They'll have like four or five, won't mm. they? Um, but yeah, I think I think after today, after just seeing the manner of like that second goal that Everton conceded, you just sort of think there's something sort of not right there, isn't there? As much as we take the piss out of Frank Lampard, mm. there's, not be, there's something not being right there all season, I don't think. It's no, just, the thing with Rafa, um, they didn't like Rafa coming yeah. in straight away, did they? And obviously Lampard's coming in, and he's not good enough to keep a team up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, literally, with with Burnley and Everton as well, those two teams won't want to draw either. A draw's no good for either of them. So either way, that plays into leaders' hands as well. Mm-hmm. So neither one of them are going to drop points. And the more they drop points, obviously it's better for us. So yeah, it's uh, Leeds will be absolutely fine. 
I'm sure of it. Yeah, I, I'm like That's positive. Good positivity. I think I'm about eighty percent there. Like I think um, you don't want to get ahead of yourself and say look we're safe, but um, and we're not. Like we're still on thirty. What are we on mm. 30, 31 points? I always get it. I, I always get it wrong. It's, I, I, 30, I just I want. Yeah. I just want that. I just want to see some R's underneath us, and then I'll <laughs> think yeah, we're safe. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it would be like Leeds to give Watford a charitable gift though on Saturday, wouldn't it? And keep them in it and just keep us in it a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've done that before, haven't we? Given a lot of charitable gifts to teams. I think even um, depending on how Thursday night goes, I mean, if both of those teams, if they if them two draw, I think we can afford to probably draw at what like just avoid defeat is probably, uh, um, yeah. is probably a thing. And just yeah, I think you yeah. just got to keep gaining, aren't you? And like. You were saying, I'd like, I think you thought with Burnley and Everton with all these games that they've got to still catch up. I think they've got four, uh, like three or four, haven't they? Um, I think I'd much rather have points on board because you've still got to go out and win these games. Well, um, like I said a minute ago, like Everton, um, if they don't pick up any points this month, they could be going into those games in hand thinking, like, shit, we've, like, it it is literally do or die here. Like, we have to win. Like, there's no sort Mm. of, uh, they haven't got sort of a cushion of saying, oh, well, there's still six or seven games left. Like, they, they could be in a position where if they lose against, I think they've got like Southampton at home, haven't they? They could be in a position where they go, well, that's it now. Mm-hmm. Two games left. Like, we're completely gone here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much rather have points on no, board than true. games in hand. Absolutely. Yeah. So, go on then. I'll ask you one more question. So, if we say, we'll go on the assumption that maybe Norwich are down, Watford rides on the season. One of Burnley or Everton, who would you send down if you had a choice? Because it's quite funny, one, ain't it? A lot of people are like Burnley. God, fuck these guys. They've been in. They've been scraping on for too long. Get them out. But then there is the comedy factor if Everton go down, because <laughs> they should not be getting relegated, should they? So go on, I'll ask you. Who would you rather go down? Uh, for me, it's tough. That um, I like Sean Dyche, but. I, is it his voice? Yeah, he's, he's just a... Or his tactics. He's, he, everything about him. I just love him. He just looks like a bloke down the pub to me. I just... I, I love him. Uh, but I'd quite like Everton, to be fair. I like... They're, they're the underdogs of their city. I like uh, to Liverpool and that. I'm going to say I'd rather Burnley go. I, uh, yeah. Just about... I don't actually mind Everton that much. I think they're, they're OK. I just don't like Lampard. But Actually, no... I changed my mind. I hate Lampard. Yeah, <laughs> I changed my mind. Yeah, I want, I want, yeah, Everton to go. I, I think, <laughs> no, I think that's what it boils down to, isn't it? With how, um, yeah, how uh, petty we still are, oh, yeah. uh, Lampard and, and, and the bolt cutters, isn't it? Mm, like, like, yeah, um, from sort of yeah. the football, we've completely, we've got nothing against no, Everton as a but club. But your man, Lampard, your managers, <laughs> your, man, your managers are. D- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have Sean Dykes in the Prem than, yeah, yeah, Everton to go, Lampard to go and cry. Thank you. I, I think I'm in um same boat. I, d- I think some, like they've got a really good record. It's, like They've been in the Prem, haven't they, ever since it's... Yeah. Um, ever since yeah. it was... Uh, I don't think they've been relegated. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, they're one of the few uh, top-flight clubs to not being relegated for how many years, or, like you were saying. Um, oh, I think... Yeah, I, I feel like... You just think, like, that's got to break, hasn't it? Like... Like, even little stuff like that's got to play on the minds. Like, can you imagine being... Like, some of them won't give a shit, like, from Richarlison, like, who thinks that he's big... Like, mm. struts around like his prime R9. And he's been part of two, rele- two, part of two relegation fodder teams. <laughs> they'll know they're um, going, though, as well, won't they? They know they'll probably still be in the Premier League regardless of Everton going, so... It's one of them as well. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's one that I've, I've sort of said, is that, um, like, players at Burnley are probably... Um, playing to still be a Premier League footballer, aren't they? Whereas, uh, no offense to some of them, like I think they fit Sean Dyche's system, and like it works, like it works well when they're all sort of fully fit. And you probably think they'll they'll probably be people coming for like Nick Pope and Tarkovsky, probably, but probably the rest of them probably stay mm-hmm. untouched. And whereas, not going to be going in for a jackpot. Yeah, like, like, whereas they? Everton, like you were saying, <laughs> like you probably think like Richarlison, Calvert Lewin, um, and some of the like. Allen and some of the other players like that, probably none of them, and Pickford, none of the back four will get picked up because it's horrendous. But like, so there are some, there, they do have some top individual players, don't they? You think like that they're not going to be worried about, uh, and they'll probably have nice little 
release uh, release clauses in where they can go for about 50p. Mm-hmm. So they'll be all thinking that they've, already, they've probably already got the moves lined up if they go down anyway. So, uh, yeah, you, I think that sort of quite will be a big factor is that Burnley do actually have, uh, like their players do actually have like a Premier League f- future to fight for, whereas Everton probably don't, like you say, they'll end up... Mm-hmm. They'll end up stinking it out at like Fulham when they get promoted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're relegating front then, Matt. Yeah. Prick. Yeah. <laughs> it's a full house for you, Frank. The funny thing is, right, Something I used like. to like him as a player, even though he played for Chelsea, like a quality mm-hmm. player, wasn't he? But ever since ever since he's been a manager, yeah. he's just a whiny little bitch, isn't he? Yeah. I love him. I, I yeah. preferred him over Gerard when he was yeah. a player, and I used to get stick for it all the time. Yeah. And ever yeah. since he's become well, <laughs> Derby manager. Now we hate him. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't stand him. He's just, he's yeah, he's, he shouldn't be where he is. <laughs> well, if he if he has a relegation on his CV, hopefully he'll have to start in League Two next time. So. <laughs> So, for everyone who tuned into our last podcast, you'd have been pleasantly surprised by the announcement of our new end of podcast game. You can leave your cap on. So, not all of us had an international break-off. I was hard at work refining and perfecting our latest feature. And you'll be pleased to know, guys, I've come up with something slightly different, but the same. So, don't worry. It's not going to be complicated. So, instead of international caps, I figured we might as well just go for Leeds United competitive appearances. So you don't have to get your international caps on now. You're thinking purely how many times have they played for Leeds. So concepts is the same. I name a player, how many appearances he's had for the Whites. And then the next player that I give you, you'll have to guess if they've played for Leeds more or less times than the player I've just mentioned. That makes sense? Cracking, yep. yeah, absolutely. Let's see if you both make it past... What was it? Second player last time. <laughs> strong, some strong performances. Right. So, oh, by the way, I don't have a name for this game yet. So it is literally, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to come up with one for the next pod. So any suggestions, please write them in because I need help. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, we're going with first, first one. First player is Eric Backer. So he played for Leeds 193 times. So in all competitions, with that one, so obviously had a few had a few appearances. Did backs. So your next one is. And I thought this is fitting because we're talking about relegation battles or something. We'll go with Burnley Burnley legend and now current Newcastle striker Chris Wood. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So 193 times for backer. What about Chris Wood? Right, we'll do it now. I'll I'll ask someone first, so so I'm gonna ask you first, James, this time. Uh, Eric we'll Backer go. and Chris Wood. Eric Backer, one of my dad's favourite players, so I'll give him a shout out. Uh, I'm saying <laughs> Chris Wood played less than that, so I'm going less. I was gonna go lower as well. Gone less. You sticking with it? Yeah. Yeah. Although then I'm thinking that the championship's nearly fifty games a season. <laughs> <laughs> Although he did miss, he did miss like a big chunk, if I remember. So yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> this is where he goes in. wrong. And you're both correct. Yes. Get in. Yes. You got it. How many? Yeah, actually comfortably less. He um, played for Leeds 88 times. Oh. So I think he must have been there two and a bit seasons. One, yeah. I guess he left because um, uh, I think he was only there two full seasons, weren't he? So um, in the end, a comfortable less. Breathe, breathe, right, breathe. Some. Moving in, you're all on. Good progress. Sweating here. So now, <laughs> it's going to be a... <laughs> We're now moving on to a former Leeds United captain and guest speaker on our podcast a few months ago, Johnny Howson. Legend. Uh... So higher or lower than 88? Matt, I'll go you this more. time. Got to be sure. More, more, more. That, it's more than Chris Wood, isn't it? James. Is, is that, is that, that's what we're saying, isn't it? More, more than Chris yeah, Wood. Yeah, more than just, Chris just Wood, clarify, yeah. 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 Definitely, definitely more. Definitely, definitely more. Said with confidence. For good measure. 
comfortably more Housing played for Leeds 185 times. Really? So See, I thought, I thought that under. might have been a bit yeah. more. I, I would have thought mm. it would 200 Housing. Uh, this is where it probably I get written into and say <laughs> actually Housing played like 200 times. You got it wrong, Dan. But anyway, it's more than 88, so we know that. <laughs> right. Could get a bit more tricky now. Moving on to a guy that left Leeds last oh. summer to move to Saudi oh. Arabia. Alioski. Oh, no. So 185 we got on the board. Oh, what do you reckon, James? Higher or lower? It's going to be tough. He's, he was at Leeds about three... Deceptively a long time, weren't he? Yeah. Three or four years. That's tough. Yeah. I'm going less. Lower, lower, lower. Less. I'm, I'm joining you on that. On the basis that I think there was a stat about Aileen... Cooper and Dallas being over 190, and I don't think Alioski was quite there. I think. Oh, he's bringing I, stats I think, to the game. I think. I, like I think. It. I think. <laughs> I think. Well, you know what? The stats don't lie, Matt. It is lower. It is. 161 times for Alioski. Well, quite close. So that. not much lower, to be fair to him. Yeah. Yeah. Closer than you I think. I think there was the it? thing about Aileen Cooper and Dallas racking up like 190. They had the most, didn't they? Well, they mm. still do, but and yeah. I think Alioski was just then it behind would have been them. Alioski would have been close behind. Yeah. Right, moving oh, on. Yeah. So now we're going for an ex Leeds United goalkeeper oh. and England international. Oh, not gold. Paul Robinson. Goalkeepers play a load of football. <laughs> yeah. Is that Leicester? What was the number again, Dan? Uh, one six one for Alioski. So, Matt, I'll go with you first uh, this time. Paul I'm Robinson. I'm going to go lower. Uh, Robo, he, he had the relegation season, didn't he? And that was it. So yeah, lower, lower. Yeah, yeah it was lower. Ninety five games played Look for Leeds. All Look competitions was actually more than I we, thought. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Thought, I thought it was only like a season and a half. It feels weird because it, yeah. it was ages ago. He got relegated with us, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, because I think he took over Nigel Martin like mid-season. I think one time, didn't he? And I think he had he must have had a couple of seasons then, at the very least. Um, but yeah, I think he had. He was playing cup games, weren't he? So Swindon. He might have had a few European appearances. You know, fleeting Euro appearances. Right. So. You've actually done really well. I've only got one more on the board, so you might actually make we it to the win, end. Sir. So we let's not. see. Yeah, you might actually win. Happy days. <laughs> so, last player. Um, go straight into it. Fabian Delph. Oh, higher or lower than ninety-five? Oh, that's Shall we, if When we both think of it, and obviously had two spells at Leeds, didn't they? Are we counting both? Oh, the, the yeah. Parents, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go higher. Yeah. I'm going I'm higher. higher. Oh, guys. No, no. Guys. Okay, you, did, you almost no. did it. Chris almost. Tarrant. It's lower. Oh, my God. Felt the fine. Like <laughs> <laughs> Leeds. Lost in the playoff, the playoff final. 58 appearances for Fab Delph. Yeah. I looked at it and he only had that for four oh, seasons. Then again, won, we, yeah, no, I was going to say we sold. And so this... it was like forty-five games, and then he had that second spell with us. But he, he, got, he got a injured, lot, didn't he? I, I think. think. Yeah, he got injured because he was coming back from an injury, didn't he? Came on loan. Yeah, and I, it, yeah. I swear he only played like I'm, ten games. He did, he, I think he did. I think he did his ankle or something, didn't he? I can't remember what. It's mental mm. that we got him back really, and then he went on yeah, to he play, play for Man City. Yeah. I know. It's a, it's a shame, really, because if it had been fully fit, it'd have been an incredible signing for the championship. So I know he had a one off, but yeah, unfortunately, we've not got a winner Shit. again. So this this is the unwinnable game, I think, isn't it? We'll go again. We go again. We go again. <laughs> we go again. No, no, go again. I'm going to do next some time. research. Next Every time. single Leeds player, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to know exactly how many appearances we've made next time. <laughs> I'm not. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh mate, I like that commitment. You know, if you if you if you, I mean, if you commit to it, I might even get a prize. Don't know what it is. It probably won't be worth doing, to be honest. But you never know. <laughs> so that's another podcast down. 
thanks to everyone for listening today and thanks to Matt and James for joining us. As always, keep up with us on our socials at RITJK and get involved as we love hearing your thoughts. So, Leeds are back in action on Sat- next Saturday at 3 o'clock at Vicarage Road against Hodgins Watford. Let's hope Leeds march on to three more points. Until then, enjoy and we'll see you soon. Podcast Network.